Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Our sermon this morning is going to be based on the gospel found in John chapter 14. These words of Christ will serve as the basis for our sermon this morning. Here in John chapter 14, Jesus, talking to his disciples, said this, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Well, happy Mother's Day once again to all of the mothers here this morning listening to this. Thank you for not only living to serve your children and all whom you serve, but also in doing that, serving your God. We're thankful for you and we pray God for you. Now I want you to imagine this. Imagine a young child, very, very young child, who tells their mother that they love them. And yet... When that mother tells the little child, hey, it's time to clean up your toys, every single time, that child defiantly shouts back, no. Imagine a mother tells the little girl, hey, you know, yeah, you need to say please and thank you. And every single time, she tightens up her lip, puts up her nose, and doesn't say a word. Imagine a child tells, or a mother tells a really little child, stop licking doorknobs, but they keep doing it. And yet, despite all of the, the ignorance of the child, they still say they love their mother. Imagine a teenager, a teenager who tells their mother that they love them. And yet, when the mother tells him the classic, be home by 11, every single time. Defiantly, he is out till all hours. Mother tells her daughter, hey, it's wise, you need to wear a coat or you can't wear that. She doesn't listen, purposefully. And yet, despite all of the rebellion, they say they love their mom. Picture a young adult, still a child, Young adult, they say they love their mother. And yet, when their mother teaches them something or tries to reteach them something that is good for their health, something maybe about substances or sexuality, 
They just look at her and roll your eyes like, come on, mom. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Mother tries to give wise counsel, tries to, tries to mask the counsel it, or the commands in the form of counsel and says, hey, here's, here's really wise life advice about making good decisions for your relationships, your education. But every single time, this child acts as though they know better and they do the opposite. And yet, despite the arrogance, they say they love their mom. Can you picture it? We, we actually have a, a saying for these scenarios. You know it. Actions speak louder than words, right? It might, it might seem like a good idea to love your mom, and you might actually even say that you love your mother, but if you are not obeying, are you really loving? No, listening to your mother, doing the things that she tells you to do, doing the things that she teaches you, that's loving. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are a toddler who's just ignorant about what's good and what's right, or you're a teenager who rebels against what you know to be right, or if you're a young adult who, who thinks you know better, loving and obeying, well, these things are always connected. That's our first idea for today. If you're following along in the worship guide, our first fill in the bank is that love and obeying are always, always connected. The night before Christ died to fix all of the disobedience that the world had ever done and undo it and renew that relationship with our Heavenly Father, that's the point that Jesus made to his disciples. Loving and obeying are, are always connected. You, you can't separate the two. Loving God means obeying God. And then Jesus not only said it, he, he demonstrated throughout his farewell speech, which is John chapter 13 all the way through 17, Jesus showed that. He showed not only do I love my father, but I'm listening to my father. I'm obeying him. I'm obeying him by dying on the cross. Even, even to the point of death, I'm going to do whatever my father says to do. And then he said to us, it's, it's the same. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, that's the one who loves me. Love is always connected to obedience. So we say, Jesus, I love you. I love you because you are the one who has given life back to me. You have given me life in eternity. But do you love Jesus? I mean, do you? Love and obedience are always connected. So how do you show your love to Jesus? Or do we often act like little children? Maybe we just don't know. 
We don't know what God commands because we, we haven't really studied it. And maybe, maybe we have sort of attitudes about God's word. We, we like react to them the way like maybe a child would react to their mom saying, don't lick the doorknobs. Like we say, no, I want to keep doing it. But really, when you stop and think about it, it's actually good for you. Like we just haven't really considered that, that, oh, that there's some seriously spiritually healthy things behind God's command. I mean, ignorance is a harsh word, but maybe we just don't know. Maybe you just don't know what God's will is in his word. Or maybe you do. Maybe you know exactly what God's commands are. You've learned it your whole life. You've been taught God's commands over and over again. You just don't care. Or you wouldn't say that. But when you hear God say in his word that, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, well, what else is it except rebellion when you do not care for your body or you do things with your body that chafe against God's word? That's just your body. God's word talks about your mind. It says whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, Think about those things. But what else is it except rebellion when we consume things that, simply put, are not edifying for your soul? God says in his word that you have a purpose. I've given you a purpose and it could be summarized for all of you in this way. You're gonna proclaim the goodness. You're gonna proclaim the really, really great goodness about me who called you out of, one, out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're gonna shed that light and shine that light everywhere else. But you say, nah, I mean, I'm just not gonna do that. What else is that except the equivalent of teenage rebellion to a parent. But you wouldn't classify yourself as rebellious. No, no, no. Most of us, we like, to, we like to frame it a little differently. We just know better. We just know better. So when God says in his word that you are to engage with my word and partake my sacraments, and you're to do it as often as you possibly can, well, we say, well, I know, but I know God and I are good, I know all about God's love for me, so I'm gonna take a little break. God says in his word, parents, children are a gift from me. And, and this, is, this is how you are to raise them. <laughs> These are my kids and I'm not gonna be guilted or ashamed into doing this or that. Trust me, <laughs> I know my kids. God's word says it. God's word says this is not only how you can deal with your anxiety and your worries and your depressions, but this, this is how you can see worries and anxiety disappear. We say, actually, this is how I'm going to cope. This is how I'm going to deal with it. It's the equivalent of a young adult assuming that they have enough experience, enough experience that exceeds the wisdom of their parents. 
do we really think that? That we know more, that we have more wisdom than the limitless wisdom of God. Love and obedience, they're, they're always connected. Maybe you think this is a little too harsh. Maybe we're going a little too hard on such a beautiful spring day, Mother's Day. But see this. See what Jesus is doing in this farewell speech to his disciples. He is calling you. He is begging you to to reevaluate your love, your love for him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. I've said it enough times throughout this sermon already, but love is always connected to obedience. And you do notice that the entire conversation that Jesus had with his disciples in the gospel reading that I read before, it is all in the context of love, right? And you notice there's no other ands. Love and obedience are always connected. And it's not as though there's love and obedience and there is force or there's rules. There's love and there's obedience and then there's policing and policies. There's love and there's obedience and there are threats and fear. No, what you see in John chapter 14 is Jesus talk about love and obedience and and how they're always connected. And then he goes one step further, and he doesn't just define how to be obedient. No, he shows us what obedience looks like in the life of a Christian, a life of a follower of God. So far in this sermon, I've pointed out to you, well, that love and obedience are always connected. And perhaps by now you've realized there's a disconnect in our hearts and in our lives, that though we love God, oftentimes there's a disconnect. And we don't obey God. You know, what I want to do in the rest of this sermon is show you what, what Jesus shows us, what obedience really looks like in the life of a Christian. Jesus goes on to say this. He says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus says, what is obedience? What does obedience look like in the follower, life of the follower of Christ? Here's the first one. It looks like being helped by the Holy Spirit. You see what Jesus did here, don't you? He didn't just say, be obedient. He says, actually, I'm going to help you in being obedient. I'm not just going to tell you to obey all my commands and rules and then see if you can sink or swim. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you swim by giving you the Holy Spirit in the waters of your baptism. You know, it's a pretty cool word in John's gospel here, the advocate. Nobody really knows how to translate it. And we've talked about how, how a lot of different Bible translated it, translated it differently. But, but this is, is what the Holy Spirit is. He is at once a helper. He's someone who helps us just like a, like a mother or a father helps a little child, helps them not be ignorant, helps them know what is good and what is right and what is God's pleasing. That's 
the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also someone who is a counselor. A lot of Bible translations translate the advocate as, as counselor, someone who, well, maybe like a teenager who, who just needs some good advice, some counsel in life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When, when we're considering being rebellious or doing things our way, he says, no, let me, let, me, let me share with you some wise counsel about a better way, a, a more perfect way. The Holy Spirit is a helper, he's a counselor, he's a comforter. He's someone who comes alongside of us and, and just like maybe a young adult who thinks they know best and does things their own way only to find out it wasn't actually the best idea. The Holy Spirit comes alongside and, and puts his strong arm around us and comforts us and comforts us and, and tells us that it's going to be okay because I am the advocate. I'm someone who advocates for you on your behalf. And what does that look like? Well, the Holy Spirit advocates before us, before God, and for all of the times where we are disobedient, he advocates for forgiveness, for, for mercy, and reminds us that Christ Jesus stood in our place and did away with all of our disobedience and clothed us with new life, new life in him in which he helps us helps us be obedient. What does it look like in the life of a Christian to be obedient? Well, it starts with this. It starts with being helped, being helped by the Holy Spirit, but that's not all. Jesus continues. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will. You will see me because I live, you also will live. What does it mean to be obedient to Christ? Well, first, it means to be helped by the Holy Spirit. And second, it means to be alive by the Son. Did you know the tense, notice the tenses used in verse 19? Jesus said, because I live, you also will live. Do you remember when Jesus said this? It was the night before he died. And yet he said, I live. I live. In the same way that he said it back in verse six of this very same chapter where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is saying, no, I, I am life. I live. I am that life. I am that blessed state of righteousness, holiness, perfection forever before my father. And that's who I am. And what does this have to do with obedience? and love, and the connection? Well, Jesus said, because that's what I am, that's what you are. You are alive by me. The same power that raised me from death to life is in you. I am with you. You are in me. This is that Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 life, that you don't live for the law, you live for God. I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me who does the good things, the will, the commandments that God has given to us. This is what it means to be obedient in Christ. It means to be alive by Christ. And there's, there's one more aspect to this. You notice he said, I won't leave you as orphans. No, it's, it's by Christ that we are alive. It's, it's not only him who is the essential way that we live, it's also in his presence. He doesn't leave us alone. Again, this isn't go be obedient, sink or swim. 
It's Christ telling you, I am, I am with you always, helping you, giving you life. And there's one more thing to note about this, this idea of Jesus saying, I will not leave you as orphans. Well, it's this idea that characteristically, orphans don't have parents. But that's not you. You have a father. Jesus said, on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is God's word. Growing up, uh, my mom drove me a lot of places. <laughs> a lot of memories that I have uh, with my mom are being in the car with my mom as she drove us to school, maybe just for errands, but a lot of times to basketball and football games. And I remember one uh, memory in particular that I want to share with you is of a command that my mom would give us as we were very often driving with her. Whenever she would see an ambulance, whether drive past us or in the intersection in front of us, my mom would stop everything and she would turn to all of her kids and say, stop and pray because someone's having a bad day. Stop and pray because someone is hurting. She kind of give us this command and I'm very serious. She would do it every single time and she didn't care. She didn't care if your friends were in the car. She didn't care if you were listening to your favorite song on the radio. She didn't care if you were in the middle of a conversation, having a story. She would just interrupt you and give you this command. Stop and pray because someone's having a bad day. I'll be honest with you. Maybe, maybe it's because I was a rebellious teenager. I like to think of it as strong-willed, kind of softens it. I didn't do it. For a long period in my life, I refused to listen to my mom. And I wouldn't pray because I was talking, mom, and you just interrupted me. Or I was listening to my favorite song and you turned the radio down just to shout back to my brothers and sisters that it was time to stop and pray. Or you did it with my friends in the car, mom. That's not cool, you embarrassed me. But she kept doing it. <laughs> she kept doing it and doing it. And call it maybe a bit of a confession, but I changed, and I do it now. I do it every single time that I see an ambulance. Every single time I see an ambulance, I not only stop and pray because someone's having a bad day, but I think of my mom, and I think of all of her love, not only for me and her children, but her love for people who are suffering, and her love for her father in heaven. Every single time. <laughs> Admittedly, I even teach my children this now. <laughs> so often, Christians, even Christians, think about God's commands and they think of them as burdensome, as like they're an interruption on our journey to life, that they're kind of an embarrassment to us in front of our friends, that they somehow make, you know, kind of this journey through life less fun. But you see what Jesus is doing in John chapter 14. He's talking about commandments, but he's doing so in the entire context of love. He's talking about commandments in, well, maybe the same way that my mom gave me a command to stop and pray. 
And by listening to my mom, well, I shared with you that it kind of makes me feel closer to her. And I know that if she knew that I prayed every time I see an ambulance, that my mom would be proud of me. She would, she would love that. And it's the same way with your heavenly father. We'll read it again. Jesus said, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love them and show them, show myself to them. What does it mean to be obedient to Christ? Well, it means that you have help. It means to be helped by the Holy Spirit. It means to be alive with Christ. And finally, it simply means this. It means to be loved by the Father. John, who recorded his gospel here, later wrote a letter in which he said this. This is love. Not that we love Christ, but that Christ loved us first. And and this is how we make his love complete. It's It's by showing his love. In other words, what he's saying is that it's God's love from beginning to end. I've said it throughout this sermon that love and obedience are connected and hopefully you're picking it up by now that it's, it's God's love. It's God's love connected to obedience that makes our love and our obedience to God even possible. We sang it just before this sermon that this is the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It didn't start with us. No, he chased us down. He loved us first. And it is God's love that not only precedes our love, but it empowers our love. It is God's love that, well, loved us first and allows us, makes it even possible to love him. Our theme for today is that he lives, Christ lives, and he lives to, to help us live for him. It's not that he just kind of nudges us and makes us a little bit better at it. It's that he essentially makes it even possible. It's that that God's love is that love that empowers our love for him. That's what obedience looks like. Obedience in the life of the Christian isn't you just being good. No, it's experiencing the goodness of God. Obedience in your life and mine, people who know God's commands and keep them, well, it isn't just you being really loving. It's you experiencing the real love of Christ. That's what obedience is. It's being helped by the Spirit. It's being alive with Christ, and it's being loved by the Father. And just stop and gaze on that for a second. Because so often, as as Christians, well, even just as people living in this world, we don't see rules and commands as as good things. But just for a second, consider the opposite of of what it means to be obedient to Christ. If we're working with this definition, it means to be helpless. It means to be alone. And any existence we do have is is shallow. It's it's not alive. It's, It's not with Christ. It's being loveless. But that is not who you are. You are helped by the Spirit. You are alive with Christ. And you are loved by the Father. You are obedient to Christ because Christ was obedient to his Father. And you have that love. You experience that love, not because you're so loving, but you're you're really loved by him. Love and obedience, they're always connected. 
And they're always connected to Christ's love for you. Amen.